0: This is episode number 331, Fame, Music, and Purpose with Zubi. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Outs podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you, to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. The first announcement is an invitation to all of our listeners to our upcoming three-day experience in Austin, Texas on October 7th called Survive to Thrive face your fears. What this is if this is your first time hearing about it is a 3-day experience where you'll get a chance to hear stories from speakers from all over the world as well as be a part of breakout sessions that are intended to help you identify your fears and ways to transform them into strengths. If you'd like to know more details regarding this upcoming experience, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today where you'll be able to find the latest details. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show, and that is if our show has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now let's get back to the show. First of all, thank you for being a part of this. I came across your name because I was actually on Justin's, uh, Justin, Justin Wren's podcast. And I noticed that you were one of the guests. And then I also noticed that you were on Joe's podcast and it's like a, probably a variety of other people that (laughs) I don't know if uh, you'll be able to recall, but I really was fascinated by your story for a variety of reasons. First is As I mentioned to you earlier, I'm always curious when it comes to people finding their own creative outlets to really be who they are. And I figured that maybe the best way that we can even kick off this conversation is kind of with your own background. And that's, what is music to you? What do you think music provides to who you are?
1: It's an interesting question. Um, I get asked a lot of questions. I don't know if I've ever been asked that (laughs) one. What does music mean to me? Um, To me, music is a creative outlet. It's an art form. It's a form of expression for various people. It's also a source of education. It's potentially a source of knowledge, depending on what the content of that music is and what the artist wants to put out there. It's a way to understand and empathize with different perspectives from different places and people all around the world. You can listen to music from different countries or different cities and it can paint a picture or give you some idea of what life may be like in that place or what people are experiencing. So to me as an artist and as a rapper, it is primarily a a creative outlet, a way for me to express my thoughts, ideas, feelings, things that inspire me, things I'm concerned about, things I want to address. It's it's a musical form of to me, rapping in particular is like a, a musical form of of speech, essentially. So uh, someone with a lot of thoughts and ideas that are constantly developing and changing over the course of time, it's a way to put that across in a different way to how I'm doing so, for example, on this podcast, or if I'm just having a conversation with somebody, or even if I'm using social media, anything like that, when you combine that with the instrumentation and rhyming and inflections, and you know, the actual performance aspect of it. And then, of course, you've got the aspect of, of live performance as well, which is a way to unite people, connect people, bring together people literally physically in the same place or under the same roof and to provide a source of entertainment and inspiration. And I think that's why so many people are drawn to music in general, because it makes them feel something and it also communicates and conveys new ideas to them and reinforces or can support or even influence the way that they're feeling at any given moment in time.
0: Wow. Uh, where do I even begin? In- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fascinating that you answered that way, because for me, as I was mentioning to you before us hitting the record button, I've always been interested in how people are able to find these outlets and ultimately what they are able to reach within each, any one of those outlets that sounds like they're not able to. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like based on how you just, just shared everything that you did is that there's a limitation in some of the other forms of communication that we experience that, let's say, music is able to bridge and sounds like enter a completely different world, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Yeah, to some degree. I mean, I listen to a lot of music that's not even in languages that I completely understand, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've just come back from the gym before this call, and I was just primarily listening to French hip hop. Um, I also listen to, to German rap, and I listen to stuff from all over the world. And, you know, I might only grasp three or 5% of what is even being said, or you can even listen to music with, with there's plenty of genres of music and plenty of songs that don't have lyrics, you know, classical is mm-hmm. primary instrumental music forms like uh, house and techno and various forms of electronic music are often without any lyrics, you have a dubstep and things like that. So, you can even just listen to hip hop beats. So music doesn't even need to. I'm I'm a big fan of lyrics. I'm a big fan of words. And that's my dimension really as as a rapper. But even just music itself can cross boundaries in a way that normal speech Mm. cannot. And music also has its own limitations, right? There's things you can do in normal speech and in conversation that you may struggle to do in music, I, I would struggle to articulate this conversation that we're having through the form of music, right? You all wouldn't be able to get to the same level of of detail and thought. And if I'm trying to make it all rhyme, then I'm going to be limited in what words I can use and when I can use them. So every, every form of expression, I believe has its, has its boundaries and its Mm -hmm. limitations and it has its strengths and its weaknesses. But I think that I know with what I do, I can use various forms of communication to reach people in different ways and to express myself in different ways. So there might be something that I, I, for various reasons would struggle to say in a Mm -hmm. song, Mm -hmm. um, but I can say it written down or, you know, it might be tricky to write down, but I can articulate it in my speech um, and and so on and so forth. So we have all these different mediums available. And this also includes, you know, other forms of art. Of course, some people draw pictures, some people create paintings, some people create sculptures. All of these things and as human beings we're, we're visual creatures and obviously music is auditory right mm-hmm. music is all about listening and then you have forms of art that are purely visual they don't they don't say anything there's no there's no words there's no direct story being told but you can also tell the story just by you know looking at looking at this painting you know there's mm-hmm. paintings that you can just stare at for you know an hour you can look you can look look at for an hour if it's a detailed painting and you can see okay what's the story going here what's it depicting, what's it representing, what did the artist mean by this? And so that's why I love art in general. It's why I love art in general, because human beings are, we're social, we're social beings, and we mm-hmm. like to connect with other people and trying to understand each other. We wanna understand people, we want to be understood. So art is another way that we're able to communicate with each other, sometimes across cultural boundaries, across language bar- barriers and so on.
0: I'm just finding myself entering that space where I'm able to look at a piece of art and actually appreciate it for what it is. I remember when I was a kid, I would walk into a museum and I would not be, as you described, be Mm. staring at the painting for an hour or two hours. I I just didn't understand it. I Mm. didn't understand what it might have taken to get to that point. Who was the person? What were they trying to communicate? Because that's one of the, I think, beauties of any art for me, at least in general, is that the person is trying to communicate a message. Most situations I'm finding that it is something that is meaningful to them Mm -hmm. and something that is heartfelt. And once I'm able to make that bridge and connect it to them, that's when there's the possibility for my whole world transforming Mm -hmm. and experiencing something completely different. And I, I also find fascinating, and I'm curious if you can share a little bit more about this, when you mentioned you're listening to different forms of rap in different languages is that a way to find additional inspiration for your own work or is it just to completely put yourself out there to a world that you may or may not be familiar with and kind of just see what happens
1: yeah man it's it's kind of all the above um because i can't
0: say i do the same thing I, okay I yeah no, the no number, problem the number of times i listen to songs in a different language and i think mm. a lot of it has to do with the fear of not being able to understood what is being said
1: yeah well i think that you appreciate things differently i mean there are i mean hundreds of millions there's probably billions of people in this world mm-hmm. who listen to i mean you know we we, we both we, we speak english and i mean how many millions of people around the world listen to english language music despite True. not necessarily understanding the english language and I think that's quite interesting because you you can appreciate things on different on different levels. So when you're listening to music, let, let's be specific, let's say you're talking about hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. There are various elements to the music which you can appreciate on different levels. I mean, there's even people who, you know, their native langu- language is English and they're listening to English hip hop and they're not particularly even interested in the lyrics. I'm not yeah. like that, I'm very interested in lyrics. But there's people who are just, you know, they just like the beat, they like the vibe, they like the instrumentation, they like the melodies and the harmonies, like, they don't really even care about what the artist is saying. Mm. And, you know, sometimes they're, they're, you know, they're not paying attention to that. And so I I think it's interesting to listen to foreign language music, number one, because it just, there's, there's a lot of great stuff. I mean, I'd be limiting myself by only listening to stuff that's in English. And so Mm. I like to, it just just explore ec- explore what's happening in, in other places and, and just get familiar with, with the sounds and what they're saying and how they utilize the language. Because every language is, gives you a whole new array of different vocabulary. Mm. So words that rhyme in English don't rhyme in German and words that <laughs> rhyme in German don't <laughs> rhyme in English or don't rhyme in French. So the words that rhyme are completely different. So even as a rapper and as an artist, that's really quite, that's quite fascinating to me because I'm very familiar with words that rhyme in English but then, you know, if someone wanted me to create a song in another language, it's like, whoa, like, what words even rhyme in this language? It, it also helps me um, think about how my music may translate to people who are not native English speakers. So I think, would my music be able to be appreciated by someone who doesn't understand everything or even nothing? that's coming out my mouth. So I think as an artist, that's a, that's a whole other consideration, especially for me, because I'm very, I'm quite a lyric focused artist. Like what I'm saying is very important and the message is important and I want people to get the wordplay and so on. But also I should also be thinking, okay, well, if someone didn't even understand what I'm saying, does this still sound good to them? Could they at least appreciate it on that kind of basic music level Would their head, would their head be bopping up and down? If they saw a live performance, would they feel the energy and, Mm all of that, even if they don't get that deeper layer. So for me, for all those reasons above, um, I think it's interesting to listen to music from, from all over the world. Other I just cultures. think it gives that, mm-hmm. yeah, I think both as a fan as, and as a creator, it gives you a different, it, it just gives you
0: something different. Why rap to begin with?
1: Mm-hmm. So I've been, ai uh, got, I became a rap fan when I was about 12 or 13 years old, just, just as a listener. Um, I think I was drawn to rap largely because of the, I want to say the, the authenticity and the storytelling and the wordplay, all Mm -hmm. of those things really vibe with me. Um, I think that in, in hip hop, the first thing is you, you have a lot of space and room. I'm not aware of another genre where you just have as much space to say what you want to say. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And right. How so, you want to say it mm-hmm.
1: exactly. So, in most other forms of music, you are you're more lyrically restricted, both in terms of what you can kind of talk about. So, you know, if someone makes R and B music or soul music, I mean, it's it's mostly limited to the topic of love and relationships and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't really. It would sound pretty weird to make an (laughs) R&B song about like what's going on in politics or like uh, something that, you know, you you can make a rap song about anything. You can make a rap song about food, about love, about uh, street life, about politics, about your aspirations, about your family, about any topic, like nothing, nothing is Mm -hmm. off limits. And you also literally just have a lot of space. Um, There's so much room for lyrics. The typical rap song has far more lyrics than the typical pop song or rock song or folk song and so on. So you've just got so many words that you can use. And another thing with rap is that it's, um, it's also a genre where the vast majority of the time, the person performing is, this, is the writer. So with mm-hmm. many genres of music, the songs are not written by the mm-hmm. same person who is singing them. Whereas in rap, it's coming from the artist. So when you listen to a rapper, if you listen to Eminem, you listen to Nas, you listen to Jay-Z, you're getting his thoughts, right? You're, getting you're, you're more you're, connected. Yeah, you get, more you're connected. getting that person's mm-hmm. thought, that person's story. When people listen to my music, it's not like someone else gave me a piece of paper and said, here, here's what you're supposed to rap. It's just like, no, I wrote the song and I'm what I'm saying, I'm talking in first person and I'm talking, mm-hmm. this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. These, this is what I aspire to. This is what I've achieved. Whatever I'm talking about, it's very representative of the person. So I think it's more, it's more personal to me in that way that rather than a song where, you know, maybe eight, eight people gathered together in a studio and collaborated in the writing process. And then, you know, they ship the song around and say, like, okay, who's, who should we get to sing it? Oh, you know, maybe Rihanna would be good for this song. And they give the song to Rihanna and her label buys it. it it's, it's, it's just more authentic. It's, it's got less of that manufactured and pristine aspect to it. So I think that's what drew me to it, both as a, as a fan. And then ultimately as a musician, as I started to create my own music as well. Also, I'm a much better rapper than I am a singer. So, mm. uh, <laughs> so the, 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 style of performance also suits me more because my, my voice and my, my talent stack is more built for rapping than it is for say singing.
0: Mm-hmm. I've been a huge fan of, of music and rap in particular for a number of years. I remember when I first came to us, I was 12 and one of the first songs I was introduced to at the time was uh, lose yourself. by oh, yeah. And I literally just, I remember I had it on repeat. Was, <laughs> I, I, I'll put it on SoundCloud and there's an option where you could just put the track on repeat and it's just going on for hours and hours. But I think something, what you just mentioned is as far as why I felt so connected to the saunas because i felt that i was connected to the source yes i was connected to the person and yeah by no means did i have the same exact upbringing as m but at the same time i was able to relate because i had similar challenges Mm. within what he was describing and i think one of the things and, and i don't know if you look at him as a source of inspiration or what your view of him is but for me one of the most profound things that I found from his songs is not only the lyrics that he's able to put together and how they just, they just flow. Like you, you could just sense that, okay, this rhymes with this, but at the same time, it's also the depth, mm-hmm. the depth of the, the story and the words that he chooses. And that was going to be my other thing. Well, one of the other questions I had for you was in putting it together, is that an important, important component to your work, the depth of experience, the depth of knowledge? And if so, do you ever find yourself in situations where, let's say, like, okay, I haven't lived this enough, therefore, I don't have the ability to really talk about it as freely as I wanted to?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, man. I mean, when when I write songs, my music is always a reflection of me. So Mm -hmm. I don't, just like in the real world, I don't talk about things you know, from a firsthand perspective that I, that I haven't experienced or mm-hmm. that I don't think or I don't believe and so on. So, you know, different people do music in different ways. There are people who, when they create music, they have more of a persona, right? They have an mm-hmm. artistic persona that they, you know, kind of mask that they put on for the purposes of entertainment and storytelling. Mm-hmm. But with me, you know, Zuby zo- is Zuby, whether you're talking to me or you're listening to one of my songs or you're seeing me on social media, like I'm, I'm the same person I'm the same person throughout. Um, I, I have the same, the same thoughts. I have the same opinions and beliefs and that naturally comes out through my music. And I, you know, the best way I think to, to create is to live an interesting life. Um, if you live an interesting life and you are analytical and reflective and self-aware and you interact with a lot of different people. It's one, one great, you know, I I write more when I travel, you know, I'm traveling to different places, meeting different people. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's normal because it, it expands your vision. If you just sit in one place all the time, it's hard to be inspired because you're not, you're not experiencing anything new. You're not meeting new people. You're not having interesting conversations. You're not sort of seeing what's out there. So with me, you know, in between any two albums, like I live my life, right? I live my life. I travel around, I achieve new things. I meet new people. I talk to people. And then a time comes where it's like, you know what, I've got, I've got an album's worth of things to talk about, right? I have enough on my brain and things that I'm thinking about and things that um, are exciting me or concerning me, things I'm happy about, things I'm sad about, things I'm frustrated about. um, And that can all come out on. A new on an on another album, and that's the easiest way for me to write as well because then it genuinely comes from the heart, and that's that depth that you were talking about, um, and that's why a song like "Lose Yourself" is so powerful to a lot of people because num- you can you can feel you can feel the energy and the passion mm-hmm. and the the reality of it you can you you can feel that that wasn't a song that was made how would I put it. You you can tell that it was based on real experiences, right? The, even the way the way yes. he's rapping, the cadence, everything—it's so it's so authentic, it's so real. And everybody has—it's also relatable because even though you know maybe he was talking about going on stage to you know battle rap or something, right? But everyone has a moment where they're gonna go on a metaphorical stage, mm-hmm. right? And they they into feel a that, battle of their own. Exactly, they're going into a battle. They're playing a sports match or they're going into a difficult exam. Or they've got you know some challenge going on in their, in their life. What like everyone can relate to that moment where you're like, okay, I need to I need to prepare for battle, and that's why so many people even like listening to that song, you know, when they're working out or when they're about to go on stage and do something or whatever. So I, that I think that's where that that's where that depth comes from. Um, if you write about something that you don't really relate to, then there's always going to be a little bit of a wall. There's going to be a bit of a barrier. Um, And I think that people can, people can sense and feel that Um, it's the difference between acting and just, you know, being authentic. Um, You know, you can, you can tell a great story just from having a very creative brain, Mm -hmm. even if you haven't, you know, writers do this, you know, fiction, fiction writers, you know, they haven't necessarily lived the stories that they're, that they're writing. And these characters don't even exist in the real world, but even then those stories can be better when, you know, maybe this character doesn't exist in the real world, but I know somebody, I've based him off of somebody who I knew from my childhood or who inspired, Mm -hmm. right. So, or even a historical figure or something like that. So there's still that degree of reality. I think that's even why people are so interested in fiction because good fiction is still relatable. It might be very fantastical, and you know, there's superheroes or there's magic mm-hmm. and there's our future society that doesn't even exist yet. But it has enough elements that you can relate to to make it seem believable. I'm sure you've probably seen a movie or maybe read a book where, oh yeah, it's too unbelievable, right? Like it doesn't. It, it's too far removed from reality for it to really resonate with you. Mm-hmm. right? The best kind of, I don't know whether it's sci-fi or it's a dystopian future or something, the ones that resonate the best is when they take elements of real human humanity and human nature and experiences and stories, and then they take it to a whole different level. Maybe they add in new technology or a new mm-hmm. world or new species of people who are, you know, whatever it is, but they're still that, there's still that reality. I think that's why people like whether it's star Wars or Harry Potter or the Marvel franchise and whatever. Right. It's, it's, it's it's very far from reality, but it's rooted in, it's still rooted in a form of reality Mm -hmm. and it's got those heroes journeys and it's got villains and it's got the human psychology at play and all of those things. But I think if someone were to write a story, that's fantastical, but they don't even base it off of anything real and human, then mm-hmm. it wouldn't, it wouldn't resonate with people. Cause you'd just be like, I can't, I can't relate to this because people don't behave in this way at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, this just wouldn't, this wouldn't happen. This doesn't make sense.
0: And this brings up a really good point and something that I was curious, kind of just based on your experience and everything that you've achieved to this point, how do you not lose yourself throughout this whole process? Because mm. I, I mean, I can only, this is where I think as much as I want to say, I can relate. I, I, I can and I can't. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think there is the two is because first I can relate as far as human to human, but I think that the, the game, so to speak, or the, the song, whichever way you want to coin that, it changes slightly when you have other people who are involved, part, part of your life, when you have in your case, you know, fans and all these other things that you can look as, I guess you could say metrics in a mm-hmm. way, right? like, you know, okay, a song hit number one, therefore it probably was X, Y, and Z, then it might be worthwhile pursuing something similar for song number two, song number Mm -hmm. three, song number four. But I've always been curious when it comes to, I guess you could say fame and popularity and being yourself. How do you maintain the third aspect of it when the other two might be the primary drivers for revenue, the mm-hmm. success in the business world and all these things, and have there been point points without your life, or within your life, where all of those things were tested?
1: It's a great question. I think for me personally, mm-hmm. it's been somewhat easy. Firstly, because you know I've been on this journey for a long time. I've mm-hmm. been doing music. I put out my very first project in two thousand and six which is 16 years ago. So I've been doing this and my success thus far has come, it's come really slowly. So I've had, it's been like, instead of a light switch, it's been like a volume switch, you know? So it's- Time to build. Yeah, there's been time to, to, to build. And with that comes an appreciation and an understanding and a, even just a level of maturity. I think when people get caught up in what you're talking about, and it's a biggest problem it's maybe if it's a, maybe if you take an artist or even an actor or anybody mm-hmm. in their teenage years or their early 20s and they very very quickly reach a level of success or fame or notoriety or whatever they can often go crazy because mm-hmm. it has they they haven't had the time to acclimatize right it's like mm-hmm. if you if you go to the gym and you build up your strength over time versus if someone just steps in the gym and I just, I just hand someone here 300 pounds, bench press that, right. Then poof, the weight flattens them. But if they've had time to, okay, get used to 100 and 105, 110, mm-hmm. 120, you know, over time they can build up to when they can handle that weight without it just crushing them. So I think it's actually very similar with aspects of what you could call fame or success or, anything like that. I think it's also important to have good people around you. I think the people around you are incredibly important. A lot of people also go crazy because they are surrounded by they're surrounded by bad people. Mm. They're surrounded by people who are just there because they want the clout, they want fame, they want money, they want to be associated with whatever is hot at the time mm. and oftentimes they'll be Sometimes you've, I'm sure you've heard horror stories of people, you know, stealing money from oh, artists nice. or from athletes and so on, or getting them caught in bad dilly deals. These people are having, you know, 30 people on payroll and they don't even know what they all do. And they've, this comes with like, you know, that kind of massive level of mainstream success. So there's a lot of pitfalls there. If you keep yourself grounded and you surround yourself with good people, friends, family, people, you trust people, you know, then that always keeps you grounded. Because you're still beyond anything else. No matter how successful you become, you're still a normal person. I mean, I I know I know some. You know, as of the last few years, I mean, I've met some very, very, very well-known and famous and successful people, and vast majority of them are very grounded because they are still. At the end of the day, we're still we're still all people. Yeah. Right. No matter how much money you have or how many people know who you are, you're still a person. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's important for everybody in the equation to remember that, that everyone is just a person and that you should still, you can admire someone and think that what they do is incredible or what, but they're still, they're still a person. Uh, They still have feelings. They still have concerns. They still have worries. They have problems. Money and fame doesn't fix most problems. (laughs) Um, In fact, it can create a lot of, it can create a lot of new ones, especially, especially when it goes past a certain level. I mean, there's a level of fame I wouldn't even want to reach right? I don't, I don't admire, I don't, um, I don't envy Eminem's fame at all. Why? I would not want, I would not want to be as famous as Eminem because it's a trap. It's mm-hmm. he's, he can't, he can't live a normal life. He just stays at home. Eminem doesn't go out a lot, right? Because he's too, he's too famous. He can't just go. I just want to go to the mall today. You know, yeah, I just want to take, I just coffee. want to take, mm-hmm. I just want to take my kids to the park. I just want to like go ride my bike. I just want to go to the gym. Like you, you, there's a level when it reaches where it's like everything becomes weird. Everywhere you go, maybe you need security or you need you need all these special accommodations. You can't just go out there and be normal. And I think that's a tipping point where I'm like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like all the invasion all the time into my personal life and my my family and all this disruption. And I, I just can't. You know, and I, I think I mean, Eminem's talked about this many times, you know, mm-hmm. even even from his from his second album, especially. And, you know, he talks about hating, you know, hating the fame and, you know, even having negative sentiment towards people who are his own fans. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he can't even you know, he literally says he can't even go to the bathroom without someone standing outside wanting an autograph or I mean, and, I mean, and he was saying this before the social media age. He yeah. was saying this before everyone had smartphones and all that. So can you imagine now? Like now
0: everything's amplified even more.
1: Everything's amplified so much more. So th- there's a level which is, um, you know, I think diminishing returns, and then and then actually negative returns. So, yeah, I I I don't know. It's not something I, I worry about too much. Um, it, it's controllable to some degree, mm-hmm. but I think there's I think there's a level where it probably stops kind of stop stops being so fun. And maybe someone would prefer that so many people don't, don't know who they are. And even, even fine. And, and even, even with finance money, right? Like there's only so much money you need as an individual. So like there's a, there's a level of my, I don't know if someone is, if someone has a hundred million dollars or you're worth a hundred million dollars, you know, if you make another 50 million, like who who cares? Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect it's not going to affect your life. It's not going to make you any happier. Mm-hmm. It Doesn't really affect anything. It's just like okay, cool. Like I've, you know that that first that first one million will make the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know okay, you've got there's there's just a level. You know there's people who have how much money is Elon Musk worth? I don't know three hundred billion dollars. Like if he makes a billion dollars, that means it, it doesn't even mean. It. You, you, <laughs> is that a bedroom? Is that house? <laughs> like, Is that two
0: story building? Like
1: yeah, it's like a small country's GDP or something, right? It's like it, <laughs> do, it doesn't even. <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, and, you know, he's an interesting example, because he's someone who seems pretty, pretty grounded. I haven't met him myself. I've met several people who have met him and know him. Um, and he seems pretty grounded. And I think it's because he, he remembers that he's a, a human being. Mm-hmm. And he seems to keep, you know, good people around him. And he doesn't kind of get gassed off his own hype. And I think another big, big thing, actually, which I haven't mentioned is remembering your mission and your purpose. So, you know, fame, money, all that stuff, you know, okay. But like, what's, what's your purpose, right? I don't Mm -hmm. think when I look at someone like Elon Musk, I don't think his core goal is to make as many billions of dollars as possible, right? Mm -hmm. I think he's trying to get humanity technologically, you know, whether someone likes him or dislikes him or agrees or disagrees, he's trying to revolutionize energy. He's trying to revolutionize space travel. He's trying to explore new frontiers and all of that yes with his businesses money money and notoriety comes with that
0: mm-hmm. but
1: his mission isn't just okay how am I going to make my next you know, 50 billion. million 50 mm-hmm. billion dollars right it's like mm-hmm. okay what are the problems in the world and what can I potentially what's the next problem I can solve and I think it's mm-hmm. you know he's got how many companies does he has he has like four companies or something You know, it's like, what's the, what's the mission here? What am I trying to do? So I think coming back to being a musician as an artist, I think you have to remember like, okay, why, why why do I even do this? Oh yeah, I do this because I enjoy creating music and I like uh, entertaining people and I enjoy being able to inspire and motivate people through my words and this and that. And if you keep that at the focus rather than all the, all the distraction and all the stuff around it. Then I think that also helps to keep you grounded, and I think it also makes your art better. I think you can tell when artists start, especially in hip hop, right? You you can yeah. tell when artists are just just start making, like they literally just start rapping about how much money they have and how famous they are and this mm-hmm. and that, and it it can sometimes get a little tedious. You know, that's when people are like, oh, you know, I preferred their old stuff because you know yeah. <laughs> they weren't there's just rapping meaning. about. More connection. Yeah, there's, there's more meaning. There's more of a struggle. It's more relatable. Uh, mm-hmm. if someone is just rapping about how many Ferraris they have and all the paintings that they buy and the champagne, they drink, it might be aspirational to some people, but it's not exactly relatable. Um, you know, most people it's like, I don't even know what designer brands I, I've never even heard of that designer brand. He's talking <laughs> about, right. Like, I, I don't even, you know, he's, I've got these shoes or what it's like, okay, like, I don't, I don't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm wearing Nikes. But, like, <laughs> I okay. hope that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: You mentioned something that I find interesting in that in this this aspect of intentionality and the things that you can and can't control. I'm curious when it comes to your own journey, you mentioned how you know, you started off and you were fortunate to have time to kind of build and get used to, to some of these things before you were able to reach the level that you did. Was that all intentional? Were there opportunities within that journey where, you could have, quote-unquote, become, I don't know, popular, famous, whichever way you want to coin that, like quicker. Mm
1: -hmm. But instead,
0: you chose the other route. Instead, you chose to say, like, okay, I'm going to take these steps Mm -hmm. because these are the things that are going to help me build the resilience and the endurance to move forward, Yeah, even though I have the option to kind of go to the moon right now.
1: It was somewhat intentional, but also you don't really know – I mean, in the music world, there's there's a lot of false promises mm. and you can't really predict what something would look like. Let's say, for example, if I'd spent years and years uh, chasing after a record deal and maybe I eventually got one, there's no guarantee that that would have served me better. There's many, many artists all around the world who get signed and they don't blow up, right? They don't reach mass. And in fact, the majority don't. That's, just, that's the reality. Like the majority of artists who get signed to record labels do not achieve anything close to super stardom. So there's so not is, really... Is that,
0: is that purely like luck or how would you describe that?
1: Man, it's, um, it's complicated. There are a lot of... There's a lot of factors mm. in it. And I think a lot of people don't... The music industry is probably one of the least understood industries out there. Like mm. so many people don't know what a record deal even typically looks like
0: Mm -hmm. right
1: if you buy an artist's album on itunes or you know buy a cd or even a vinyl Mm -hmm. how much money do they get paid most people don't know most people don't know how artists make money you know someone gets signed a one million dollar record deal like what does that mean what is Mm -hmm. an advance uh what is a recording budget how is it recouped all of these things most people even a lot of musicians don't know which is Mm -hmm. shocking um but it's, it's run a very specific way. And oftentimes, all throughout history, this has been the case for the past century, it's generally not skewed in the artist's favor. It's typically skewed in the favor of record labels and other companies, agencies, management companies companies, and so on. So you can have artists, this is how you get those situations where you got artists who have sold millions of albums and they're broke, right? Like, so someone would assume, most people assume, oh, if an artist has sold millions of albums, of course, of course, they're a multimillionaire. Of course, they're very wealthy. There are people who have sold millions of albums and they're literally broke, right? And that is only really possible because of the way these deals are structured. And once you understand them, you can even have a situation where a record label makes a $3 million profit and the artist makes zero. Like that happens. Like that's, a, that's a real situation. It's not a rare situation. So once you know how these things happen, then it just gives you more clarity. So with me, I mean, part of me wanting to be independent was even, mm-hmm. even understanding this, you know, reading some books early on, you know, everything you need to know about the, the music business, like reading various books and actually looking into, okay, how does this all work? What is the deal even, look like if you get signed to a label what does it mean what are their obligations what are their you know you know if you get signed to a label they don't even number 1 they don't have to ever release your music
0: that's mind blowing
1: okay so that's how you you can get an artist who gets signed to an album and they're just sitting there for years and they're not allowed to then release music independently wow. because they've signed they've signed the right to that away so they can't just go off and oh you know what i'm going to go do my own independent project it's like no you are owned by the label just like, you know, if you're employed with a company, you know, there might be a clause saying you cannot work for another country, a, brand, another yeah. company, mm-hmm. but imagine that, but then the company doesn't give you any hours to work, right? So you're assigned to them as an employee, but you're not actually working. You're just, you're just sitting there waiting for them. If they do release an album, there's no obligation in many cases for them to promote it. So you could release an album and maybe, you know, maybe you're the 20th most important artist on the label and they have a superstar, right? So some people might think, oh, I want to be signed to the same label that Rihanna is signed to. But if you're signed to the same label as Rihanna, who do you think is getting priority, right? So your album might come out, and if it doesn't look immediately like it's going to be a huge success, literally within a week or two, they might just stop the promotion, right? Cut their losses, stop putting money into it, and go work on another artist or something like that. Another thing that can happen is the A&R, or other individual at a label who signs you to the label, um, gets fired or moves to another company. So you get signed in 2022 to this label. And then the guy who signed you in 2024, he's not even working there anymore. So no one else is even interested. He was the one who really wanted you and introduced you and, you know, brought you on. And then he, he goes away and now you're kind of by yourself and you don't have that person who's interested in you at the label. And they're just working on all this other stuff. And you're sitting there like, Hey, what about me? I want to put out an album. I want to go yeah. on tour, and they're like, "Nah, like, sorry, like, we need to work on Justin Bieber stuff. Like, you know, maybe, maybe you can come later." So there are so, there, there are a million and one things that can go wrong with these deals. Whereas if you are independent, um, sure, you might not be able to reach Justin Bieber level. You may not be able to reach Eminem level. You may not be able to reach Beyonce right. level, but you can still have a lot of freaking success, and you can maintain creative control. You can maintain business control. You can maintain a proper relationship with your fans, and you can still achieve a, a great level of success. There's so many successful independent musicians, especially in this day and age, and especially with the distribution channels. I mean, you don't need a. What does? I don't really even know what labels do anymore.
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Like, I what mean, do labels the do? Publishers, is a lot of a lot of other industries.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can get your music on every platform without a label. Mm-hmm. You can get your music even in physical stores if you still want to do that. You can do that without a label. You can create music videos and distribute music videos of very high quality without a label, right? We all have access to, to YouTube and other yeah. platforms. You can get your stuff on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, where wherever you want to distribute, you can get vinyl printed. I, I just I just got did my first run of vinyl this year. So you can do all of this without being signed. You can go on tour. You can create merchandise. You can, you can do this all without, without a label. So I think artists, I mean, I've believed this for 20 years, but I think especially now artists should really have a deep think. Okay. If you want to, if you want to be signed to a label, like why, like really think about why is it, is it just for clout? Is it just to say that I'm signed or is it because you really need them? And they are offering something particularly special. And I think a lot of people, if they're honest with themselves, they want to be signed or they want to be, you know, a published author because there's some clout in saying, hey, I'm a published author or I'm a signed artist and so on. But you have to think about what you're giving away versus the potential upside. Also, these deals can go on for years. You know, an artist might be signed to a five album deal. And a five mm-hmm. album deal could go on for 10 or 15, 10 or 15 years. And sometimes if you want to become independent again, then you need to, you've probably heard about buying yourself, yes. buying yourself out of a contract. You then need to like buy the rights to your own.
0: That to me is crazy.
1: Cre- yeah, ex- exactly. So <laughs> it, it's like the more, you know, about buy it, yourself it, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Like I need to buy my own. It just sounds like,
0: backwards. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like I made, I made the music. This is my music. Like, why don't I own it? Um, so I think the, the more you learn about it, the easier it is to understand why many artists choose to just forego all that and go go directly to fans. because um, mm-hmm. that that's what matters. It's your it's your fans, it's your supporters. If people are buying your stuff and supporting you and enjoying what you create, then the rest of it is details. That that's mm-hmm. what matters. That connection and that support is what matters. And you can have a great career as long as you have thousands or even better millions, you know, but even thousands of people who really like what you do and are willing mm-hmm. to support it, then you can you can achieve some degree of success.
0: Wow. There there's a lot that you said. I think the first part is you're right, as far as starting a career, I mean SoundCloud or Spotify, that's a $15, $16 membership mm-hmm. fee every month. So like there are a lot of things that you can achieve. And I, I think there's also a great point that you bring up for me as well as I'm sure many many other people, and that's really understanding the why. Mm. Because I I think that what I'm starting to understand now more than ever is that a lot of the platforms that I chose to put on the pedestal for many years, they don't necessarily have the same credibility anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, being published by Simon & Schuster or Random House Publishing, it might help open certain doors just because of the name. Mm -hmm. But is that the only way to do it? I don't think so. Yep. And I think the fact that in today's day and age, you have the opportunity to build a platform through social media or all these other platforms mm-hmm. or just connect with one, one person to another. I mean, think about this. To me, this is always mind, mind-blowing. Think about how crazy that we're able to experience this right now. Yep. Connect through Zoom. 20, 30 years ago, this wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. I would have either had to come to you or you would have had to come to me in order to make this happen. Now we're able to connect through Zoom and we're able to do all these other things before a conversation takes place, right? Mm-hmm. Go to a gym, have a conversation, eat all these things and still being able to create these opportunities. That is, it's, it's mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, and to be able to distribute it. It would be one thing being able to- In
0: whichever way you want.
1: Yeah, it would be one thing being able to record the conversation,
0: mm-hmm. but what
1: about distribution? Right, it used to be that if you wanted to do something like this, you know, you kind of needed to be on TV or on radio. Yes, you want to have a talk yes. show, you know. but yes. podcasts are less than twenty years old. Right, you want to, you want to get your ideas out there. It's like, okay, you would better get signed to a radio station, sign a TV contract, something yeah. like that. Whereas now, it doesn't matter if you're a musician, a podcaster, a comedian, an actor, a, a, whatever it is. If you're someone who is creative,
0: mm.
1: you've got YouTube. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, podcasts, you've you've got all these different ways that you can distribute it. And you can also find your audience. And also you can go beyond your locality.
0: Mm. Like
1: I'm from England, my biggest audience is in the USA. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? So through the power of the internet, it's like, Oh, wow, I don't need to just reach people in this town that I live in, in England, or whatever. It's like, I can just put my stuff out there. And Oh, wow, look, people in Australia, people in Canada. You know, when I re- when I released my first book, strong advice, Zuby's guide to fitness for everybody in 2019. Um, you know, now that book has been purchased by people in over in over 65 different countries. Mm. Right, so I can pull up the sales page and I can filter country. There's over I think there's about 68 different countries that people have bought my book from. I have followers on social media from over a hundred different countries right? Probably a hundred, over 150, I, almost every single country. And it's just like, wow, that's that's amazing. And that's new. like that's, that's so new. It didn't used to be like that, where you could just put something up and people, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where in the world you are, you just type in this address and hit enter, and or you click this link and there yes. you go. You can listen, you can watch, you can take this po- conversation, put it online, and there's a link. And all you have to do is click the link. You could be in Ghana, you could be in New Zealand, you could be in England, you could be in Germany, you just click that link and you can listen to us have this conversation. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's truly magical.
0: Mm -hmm. Speaking of your book and speaking of your work, where can people connect with who you are and where can people find out more about the book that you have?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So for my book and other merchandise, as well as my music, the best place is teamzubi.com, T-E-A-M-Z-U-B-Y.com. And you can find me on all social media at Zuby Music, Z U B Y Music.
0: Mm. And I remember I actually came across your book in particular, and it—correct it, me if I'm wrong—but it's something about fitness and how everyone has the ability to get fit. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. that just based on the conversation I had with you, it is more—it is more than just being fit when it comes to your body. Mm-hmm. It probably is also mental fitness and everything like that. Just based on the 40 50 minutes that you and I just shared there's a lot more to it and I just I just want to appreciate you for your time and everything that you chose to share and definitely expanded my mind mm. when it comes to the world of music and what it means to be a musician and how often I think as a creative myself I was the barrier I was mm-hmm. the obstacle
1: yeah no doubt man you you're welcome it's been a it's been a great conversation I'm happy to share my story and you know, my goal is always to inspire and motivate other people, whoever's out there listening. So thank you for the opportunity.
0: Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, If you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next time. Thank you